God is a special night. Please come and uh, be ready to be blessed tonight as we uh, hear this wonderful music, but also hear from the word of the Lord tonight as well. And so we're looking forward to that. As we get going tonight, uh, Christmas is upon us. It is, it is about that time where the, if, you're like, if you're like us in our home, we, we have put some presents under the tree and, and we go through this process of, of buying for people and making sure it's ready to go and, and that all the presents are there and ready. But if you're like us also, you probably go through this, this series and this spectrum of time where that first present that's wrapped is probably the best looking one there is. Because I don't know about you, but it physically hurts me to wrap presents. Anybody else have that problem? Good, some of you, yeah. It hurts my back. It's, those, those rolls of paper are too long for my short body, and I get down and I'm just like, why isn't this working? And I can't get the scissors to go far enough. And then all of a sudden I'm all tense and tight and just takes the joy out of it sometimes. Amen? Some of you are still awake. That's good. Well, I need two, I need one volunteer first. Is that, can I get a volunteer? I told you last week that I wanted to do something this week that, uh, with gifts and packages. So I need one volunteer. Raise your hand real big. Act like you want to be up here with me. Come on. Anybody? Don, yes, Don, Kirk, come on up. And then I need another one, another one. Uh, Molly, why don't you come up here as well? So I get tired of wrapping gifts, as you can see. You get a box and you get a bag. That's, that's what happens. But here's the deal. How many of you ever judge the gift by the package? How many of you have a preconceived idea of which one of these gifts is better? Just Yeah, just, just be honest. Raise your hand. One of these is better than the other, most likely, right? And you can tell that because of the packaging, right? This one is by far the best wrapped one. This one took the most time, I will tell you that much for sure. But Dawn, since, since she's a girl, can we let her choose first? Would you choose which one you would like? You just ruined the whole illustration. <laughs> you can have that gift. She chose that one. Don, you get this one. And, and go open those at your own leisure. But I just want you to know that the same gift is in both packages. And yet sometimes, unless you're like Molly, we choose our packages based on what they look like sometimes, don't we? You guys can have a seat. Enjoy that. Keep that. That's yours to keep as my gift to you this morning for helping out. Would you give them a hand? If we're honest with ourselves today and we're honest with one another, there's most, most likely been a time in our life where we have judged a package by its wrapping. We have judged based on looks. We have looked at things surrounding the gift and we have wondered about the gift based on what it looks like. Let me, let me share something else in a place uh, where we do this as well as Christians. Um, there's, there's a current event that is going on in, in the Christian world right now, and it's, it's not a major, huge deal, but it's, it's, getting some, it's getting some run because of who's involved in this discussion and in this, in this uh, situation. And oftentimes, because we see certain people in certain places of power or certain places of influence, we tend to judge 
their lifestyle based on what we may know or don't know, but we just assume based on what we see. And so what's going on, if, if you haven't heard, and some of you probably haven't because this is not your, your genre of, of music that you like, but there is a, a, an artist that has been around that has been doing music for a long time, very popular artist by the name of Kanye West. Anybody ever heard of Kanye West? Few of you, okay. How many of you that have heard of him ever thought you'd hear his name in church? Just, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things, but Kanye West, uh, uh, according to all reports and, and himself as well, ha has really allowed God to transform his life. And this was, this was a, a man who, who actually has an album, and we, we told our children, because we went and, and searched his new Christian album, and wanted to listen to it. And I've listened to the entire thing. I've listened to every lyric that he wrote in this Christian album. But he also, a few years ago, wrote an album that was completely against Christianity. And it, it was the complete opposite of this new album that he has out. And so we told our children when we, when we looked up this album, when we were listening to these songs, we said, do not go search Kanye West. Do not go search him. And as a father who's trying to protect my children, I did not want them going to the internet where everything is out there and available to look for this man who has lived a life that most of his life has not been pleasing to the church. And I did not want my, my, my young children to see his past and yet be judgmental of his current state based on his past. And I too, I'll be honest, there's times in, in my life when I think about this and I, I can think of the night that we were driving and we did this with our children and we started listening to these songs. I thought, God, help us. Help me to really trust your power. I don't know Kanye West. As far as I know this man, he's married to a, a Kardashian, so that just changes a lot of judgment for him as well, in my opinion. But he has changed his life. His life is transformed. And as I read news articles this week about the Christian faith and the people in the Christian faith and how they're accepting or not accepting this transformation. And there's many people in the church, in the Christian faith, that are looking at Kanye West and saying, no, 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 I don't trust this one bit. And they push it aside. And they, they discredit what God has done in his life because of his past. And they can't seem to get past the wrapping of Kanye West's life to really give him a chance. Now, I wanted to tell you something. Kanye West will go anywhere in the last five, ten years, and if he's putting on a concert, it will be sold out, and there will be tens of thousands of people there. He will sell merchandise. He will sell, he will sell CDs. He he, he's just popular. I don't care if you like his stuff or not. He will sell and make money and influence people. But now, if you hear about what Kanye West is doing, he's calling his concerts worship services. Some of you just cringed. I know you did. But Kanye West, he says, you know, it used to be about how much money I could make. But now it's about how many people I can tell that Jesus is king. Wow. If it was anybody else but Kanye West, how would we judge that rapping? Let me just read to you the lyrics of one of his new songs. 
And I want you just to, if you can for a moment, just kind of put out of your mind this, this, this rapper, this, this pop star rapper musician, and I want you just to listen to these words. God is my light in darkness. He is my all in all, and I'll never turn back. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Worship Christ with the best of your portions. I know I won't forget all he's done. He's the strength in this race that I run. Every time I look up, I see God's faithfulness, and it shows just how much he is miraculous. I can't keep it to myself. I can't sit here and be still. Everybody, I will tell the whole world until the whole world is healed. King of kings, Lord of lords, all the things he has in store, from the rich to the poor, all are welcome through the door. Wow. <laughs> I think we could probably recreate and retranspose that rap song to really sing it on Sunday morning, don't you? Those words are powerful. Those words are true. And in fact, God has got a hold of this musician in such a way that he wants the whole world to know it. And yet, there's many of us in the faith, if I can use that term, that will put a judgment on him because of the wrapping of his life. God, help us. Help us to not judge the package based on the wrapping today. Amen? Jesus is king. <laughs> a lost man has found the gift of free eternal life, and he's been changed. You know, I don't want to judge gifts by their wrapping anymore. You see, I want to be able to take in what the gift is really all about. You know, we need to make sure that when we are given a gift, whatever the gift may is, may be we, that we respond in love to those gifts. You know, I don't know about you, maybe you've received a gift that you didn't really respond the best way. Anybody ever done that? Or am I the only one? I'm probably the only one. Okay, a few of us are, you've opened a gift and you'd be like, yeah, thank you, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's some people that have just sheer joy when they open a gift. It doesn't matter what it is. And so there was, there was uh, some pictures that I want to show you about some of these people that just have sheer joy when they open a gift, okay? Let's, let's take a look at this first picture. Anybody know who that is? Now, Natalie, I could not find the picture I was talking about. And so there's a picture of, of Natalie when she was at her, her shower, and she opened up a gift, and the excitement, and the, can you want to come up here and show us? No? Okay. But, and you can see it there a little bit, but there's another picture to come too, but she just had this sheer joy and excitement. There you go. You can't see her mouth, but you know Natalie. You know she's smiling there. And look at Allison right next to her. She's just as joyful as she can be as well. You see, Natalie has this expression about her. And I, I, I do want you to know I did get her permission before I shared this. So, But Natalie has this joy about her in her life that it wouldn't matter what's in that bag. She was going to express joy receiving it. Here's some other expressions that we saw this week that they weren't opening a gift, but look at the smiles on those faces. I had to crop some of that out, but what they're doing, this is at the concert, the Christmas concert this week at the school, 
and a, a couple of those students are students that you know, but just look at their smiles. They're actually singing a song where there's a little dance move in it. And of all people, the, my son who got my dance moves, sorry buddy, <laughs> the joy. As they look around, you can see that other, that other boy, he's looking at Elliot and he's like, boy, if Elliot's going to get into this, I'm going to get into this. You know? And that's really got contagious. And the smiles on their faces were, were sheer joy. But sometimes we receive gifts that we're just like, why did I get this gift? And we open it and this is what our face looks like. Do you see what that gift is? The pet petter. Because we can't pet our own pets, we've got to have a, a little contraption to do it for us. She just loves that. That was the diamond she was hoping for, wasn't it? And it's almost like he doesn't even know what he got her. You know, I don't see much joy there. You know, maybe the cat in the picture has some joy because it's going to be constantly petted. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes we just wear our emotions on our, on our face and we, we judge the gift by the packaging sometimes. You know, and then there's, there's times like where I've been like this. This week we had our, our church board and staff Christmas dinner, and, and I was very confident in the, in the gift that I had chosen for our, our board members and our staff, and I was very, feeling very good about myself, to be honest. And uh, then that day came, and I started having this thought. Let's see. Do they like the gift? Now, I have a little bit more hair than that guy, but um, I got everything packed up, and I thought, oh, boy. Is this going to be good? Oh, I don't know. And sometimes we, we buy gifts and, and we get them all wrapped and we think everything is perfect, but then we wonder and we question ourselves even. Maybe we even question our motives to giving a gift. And was the gift given in love? Was it given, was it given with good intentions? And then we wonder, you know what, are they really going to like it? Are they really going to be thankful? How are they going to respond? You know, and then sometimes we, we get a gift that we didn't really enjoy, like the pet petter or whatever it could be that you may or may not get this Christmas season. And then we say things like this. You know what? It's, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. Like we gave thought to giving a bad gift, right? Um, it's the thought that counts. But I want to ask us this question today as we, as we turn to God's Word in just a minute. Is the thought really what matters in gift giving? Is the thought really what matters? Or what I want to challenge us with today is, is it the response that matters? Is it the response that matters? You see, we're in the middle of this series, or the end of this series called Born the King, where we're looking at, at some, of these, some of these ways that God's Word has spoken to us about the, the things that God has given us through the gift of Jesus Christ. And and the gift of, we've had the gift of peace and joy and the gift of hope. And today we talk about the gift of love, the gift of love. And so I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. It's the first Bible in the New Testament. So if you go to the table of contents, you can look there. Matthew's the first one in the New Testament. And we're going to be in the first chapter of Matthew. If you have your Bibles and you're turning there or your pew Bible, you can do that. But we're going to have it on the screen for you as well. Here's our text this morning from Matthew chapter 1. I want to begin reading with verse number 18. Would you follow along as I read from God's Word this morning? This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. 
His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he had decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Father God, we thank you for your gift to us today. Your gift of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that today, through your word, we would be able to listen for your voice today. That it would not be my words that come out, that it would not be my voice that's heard, but God, would you hide me behind your cross, and would you proclaim your good news to us today? Thank you for your gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From this text today, I want us to see how love responds to this gift. So here's how, how we're going to start this. Love responds in chaos and the mess. You see, Joseph was going through a time in his life where there was a bunch of chaos, and there really was a mess on his hands. And if we think about his life, he's engaged to be married, but you have to know something about this engagement. This engagement is not typical to our Western world engagements. Uh, many times in, in America today, engagements happen because you know, one man loves one woman and they, they want to build a relationship on love. And so then they will get engaged, which is that time frame before they're married to say, you know what, I'm committed to you for good. Well, in this time, a commitment or an engagement was more like our traditional marriage. Okay? There was a binding contract. There was actually money that was handed over. I'm so glad that, that my wife's parents and, and brother are here, but I'm so glad that I did not have to pay Craig to marry Alicia. I'm paying enough as it is right now, so um, thank you. <laughs> Bill, I'm just kidding. Uh, Alicia is my, is my uh, I'm going to dig, I've dug a hole. Uh, yeah. And, and I, won't, I, won't, I won't throw her mom under the bus for what she said to me when I was engaged to Alicia. She said, there are no take backs. You know, you, you're getting her. But there was no money exchanged. There was no, there was no land given. There was no animals given. You see, in Joseph's day, he had already arranged an agreed amount, uh, uh, amount of property or animals to marry the, for the privilege of marrying Mary. So we have to know that in Joseph's life, this engagement has already been agreed upon. It has already begun to take fold. And now Mary, his fiance, comes to him and says, Hey, Joe, um, we got a, we've got an issue. 
Joe, um, I had this dream last night, and and this this heavenly creature came to me and said, you know what, I'm going to have a baby. And Joe, it's not yours. But I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And now Joseph gets a chance to respond. You see, Joseph has this engagement all lined out. He's 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 planning for everything that's going to take place, and yet now he's he's bombarded with this this reality that now he his fiance is pregnant, and the baby within her is not his. What is he going to do? And Joseph begins to think about all the options. He, he begins to weigh it all out and think about all the things that could be done, all the good things that he could do. He also thinks about all the alternatives of, of what this means, a child out of wedlock or a child out of the, the relationship of marriage. And, and in that society, Mary could, Mary could have literally been taken out to the edge of town and stoned to death for what she was going through. And Joseph is, his, is the committed husband to be in this relationship. He's responsible. And so he begins to think about all these things that are going on. And, and the Bible tells us that he pondered these things. He wondered about them. But Joseph, in his humanness, and, and I can relate to this, because in our humanness, we tend to respond in the chaos and mess in what we think is best. So Joseph is responding in the chaos and mess with what he thinks is best. And he does this because he's a good man. Verse 19 in our text says, Joseph was a righteous man. What that means was he was a good man. He was a God-fearing man. He wanted the best for Mary. He wanted the best for her family. He did not want to disgrace her. He did not want to, to have her stoned to death. And in fact, he loved her so much that he wanted to do the best thing for everybody involved. And Joseph, in his humanness, in his strength and in his power, was going to divorce her quietly. Because he thought that was the best thing. And if Joseph was a righteous man, and his best thought was to divorce her quietly, then maybe that was probably the best thing to do. You see, it was a chaotic and a messy time for Joseph. He had a lot going on, a lot of things that were, that were taking over in his life, a lot of things that he was responsible for. But I want us to kind of zoom out a little bit further on this story, if you will. Let's zoom out and see what, what, what God's picture of this is. You see, I believe that there was chaos and mess for God as well. You see, we learned a few weeks ago from God's Word, when God referenced the time in, in the days of Noah, that there will, be, there will be parties and there will be weddings and everybody will be going about their life when the Son of Man returns. And, and we, won't be, that we won't be ready for it in the sense of expecting it to happen. We're going to expect the unexpected, right? And so in the days of Noah, the time was going on where, where sin was rampant. The evil days were so, so many. Everything was just a mess. It was chaotic. And the way God responded in the days of Noah was what? He destroyed the entire earth with a flood. But he also made a covenant at that time with Noah and those that he spared. He said, never again will I destroy the earth with a flood. And so now we're reading in God's Word, and, and in Matthew, we see Matthew's writing, and he's, he's telling us that, that he's quoting some prophets of old, Isaiah and Jeremiah, about the, the coming Messiah or Jesus being born. And you've got to see something about the time of Isaiah and Jeremiah as well. 
You see, they were godly men. And they were trying to give God's message to God's people at that time and trying to prepare them that the Messiah is coming, the King of the world will be here. But it's still a messy and chaotic world for Isaiah and Jeremiah. And in this midst, and I can just sense in my own understanding of this passage that if, if I could wrap my head around what God is thinking, because I believe that if God made us in his image, that we have some of him in us, right? And so my opinion would be that God learned from his lesson with Noah. He thought the best thing for, in the days of Noah was to wipe the earth. But he knew in Isaiah and Jeremiah's time that if he did that again, he would be killing a lot of innocent people that are his prized creation. And he could have said, this is probably something I would have said, he could have said, you know what, I tried the flood, it didn't work. Why don't we try a great earthquake and just open it up? And we, The flood didn't work, water didn't work, let's just swallow everybody in the earth. But he didn't do that. Or he didn't come up with some other plan to just destroy the entire world. He just said, you know what, that didn't work the way I thought it would. And now things are still chaotic and messy. So I need to respond to my creation. I need to respond to my creation. And, and if we go back, God's original plan, plan A, if you will, was he created man and woman in his image in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. And in his original plan, everything was perfect. There was no sin, there was no evil. Everything was the way that God intended it to be. And Adam is there with his, his helpmate, his, his perfect mate in Eve. And then the plan gets messed up. And sin enters the world because man was given a free will. And they were told not to eat of a certain tree. And Eve said to Adam, you know what, Those, that fruit looks so good. Let's just eat it. And the serpent tempted them. And they went and they, they gave in and they, they went against God's plan. And so then God had to have plan B. And plan B, I look at it as as Noah's plan, and, and sin was rampant in Noah's day, and God said, plan B, I'm going to take away all the sin, and Noah's going to be left, and we'll start over. Well, that didn't work, and so now there's still chaos in the world. There's still sin in the world, but I've got good news for you today. God has a plan. God has a plan. You see, there was chaos and mess then. And I don't know about you, but you're probably going through something where you could say there's chaos and mess right now. You see, here's the reality. There will always be chaos and mess in our world. You know, I don't know what your chaos and mess is this Christmas season, but I'm pretty sure you're going through something. If you're like any of us, and maybe maybe you're not going through a chaotic moment or, or a messy situation, but I, I don't want to give you a doom and gloom message today, but really if you're not going through chaos and mess, most likely there's one coming. You see, there's always going to be some sort of mess in our life. So I don't know what your chaos and mess is today. I don't know what you're dealing with this Christmas season. But I want you to know that love responds in the chaos and the mess. Love responds in the chaos and the mess. And just like God gave Joseph a plan, and God had a plan for the world, God will give you a plan as well to deal with your chaos and mess. You see, love responds in chaos and mess. How else does love respond? Love responds with purpose. Love responds with purpose. 
You see, in our passage this morning, we read that Joseph, he went to sleep, and an angel of God shows up in his dream to reveal to him the whole truth behind the chaos that he's dealing with. And he also gives Joseph a plan, a plan of purpose. You see, the angel tells Joseph, guess what, Joe? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because you can go ahead and marry Mary. The plan is for you to take her to be your wife. Because the baby that she is about to bear is going to be the savior of the world. Joseph, I need you. Joseph, you have purpose. Joseph, I need you to respond in love to the chaos and the mess in your life. You see, in the midst of the chaos and mess for Joseph, the angel of God showed up. Joseph was a righteous man. He was a wise man. And some would say he was very compassionate and thoughtful. But based on this story, when he weighed his options, he still thought the best way was to divorce Mary quietly. He probably thought it seems like the best option for everybody. She can go away quietly, have this baby, her family can care for it. I can go and do my own thing in my life and we can continue on our path. But see, the love of God responds to Joseph with a purpose for his chaos and mess. And now Joseph gets a chance to respond well. And we see how Joseph responds. Joseph responds in mercy, in love. Joseph showed mercy in love. You see, God showed up for Joseph, but God showing up through the angel was only part of God's purpose for Joseph. You see, Joseph had to respond. Joseph had to act. Joseph had to respond in love. And Joseph, we see, responds in mercy, in love. And he takes Mary to be his wife. You see, there was a mess when God was dealing with all of us and the people of the world. There was chaos going on and, and God had an opportunity re to respond. He could have responded like he did in Noah's day and he could have destroyed everything again, but instead God shows up with purpose. And Isaiah's pro the prophet tells us this message. Isaiah's purpose in his ministry in life was to tell God's message to God's people. And so what Isaiah told God's people was this. There's going to be a baby that's going to be born. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be called many different names, but each one of those names has a meaning and a purpose. No one would believe Isaiah during his lifetime. And God's plan didn't involve Isaiah seeing the Messiah come to earth. Instead, God's love responds to all of his people when he responds with the purpose of Jesus Christ. You see, Joseph responded by showing mercy and love. God responds with a purpose. God responds with a purpose. And God's response with purpose comes in a baby's name. He tells Mary, you're to name your baby Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, that's what Jesus really means. The name Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. Now, you've got to understand some context here. In this day and age, it was very common that the, that the babies were born, were born with a family name. They were given a family name. And there's nobody in their line that was named Jesus. 
So this is, seems very odd that they would name their son after somebody that they don't even have in their family. And it made people question, what are you doing? But here's the deal. This fulfilled Isaiah the prophet. You see, the Bible says that when Jesus the Messiah comes, he will, he will make true all of the stories that have come before him. This was one of those stories. And Isaiah, one of the names that Isaiah had for the Messiah was Emmanuel, God with us. You see, Emmanuel, Jesus, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus came because he was to save his people from their sins. God's love is real, folks. This Christmas season, the gift of love is a response to us. You see, love responds in chaos and mess. And love responds with purpose. It did with Joseph, and God responded to the world with his purpose and a plan. And so I ask us today, how are you going to respond in love this Christmas season? Is your attitude that of your purpose and meaning that God has given you? Or maybe you don't even know what your purpose and meaning is this Christmas season. Maybe you have a relationship that's not right in your life. Maybe there's, there's people in your life that just aren't connected like they should be. Maybe there's some disgruntled family members. Maybe you have some relationships that are kind of broken like Joseph did. God had a purpose for Joseph. God has a purpose for you. Maybe you needed to make a wrong right. Maybe you needed to, to have a change in plan and action. You see, God made a wrong thing right with the purpose of Jesus Christ. Love responds in chaos and mess. Love responds with purpose. And finally, love responds with obedience. In our story today, Joseph has thought through all the possible options. I've mentioned it a couple times already this morning that Joseph in his, in his humanness, in his flesh, thinks the best thing for himself to do was to divorce Mary quietly. But the angel shows up, says to Joseph, Joseph, do not be afraid. That's key, okay? That's very key. If you, if you leave here and don't get anything else, get this. God's purpose for you may be scary. God's purpose for you may be something you'll never even understand or fully comprehend. But those little words, God wants to say to you today, do not be afraid of what I have for you. Do not be afraid of the purpose that I have made you for. Do not be afraid because I will be with you. Praise the Lord. Joseph could respond. He could have went his own way. He could have done what he thought was best. You see, Joseph was a righteous man. But Joseph responds in obedience to God's word. And Joseph obeys and follows through. Joseph obeys and follows through. Sometimes I wonder if God does think like us sometimes. If our thinking... You know, the Bible says that his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than ours, but I wonder if sometimes they're on the same, wa same wavelength at times. And God saw all the mess in the world and he responds with purpose of Jesus Christ. But we also see that he needs to send himself to earth. And that's what's key about this name of Jesus, Emmanuel. 
Because I believe as God is sitting there looking down on his creation, and I would assume he's getting pretty frustrated with all the evil, all the chaos in the world and just the mess that's there. And he's thinking, man, I've, I've already destroyed it once. I can't do that again because I told him I wouldn't. But this is still going on. They don't understand what's, what I'm trying to do for them. I'm trying to have a relationship with my, with my prized creation, human beings, and they just don't get it. I can't make them love me. What is wrong here? And he's up there in heaven. He's thinking, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, I think it hit him. Emmanuel. God with us. Maybe I can send Jesus, God, the Godson, who's there in heaven with him at the time. He says, Jesus, get your bags packed. You're going down. You're going to earth. Why? Because I need you to save my people from their sins. I need you to, I need you to give them hope. I need you to give them purpose but they don't believe they can do it themselves. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send God to be with them. God with us. You see, God responded by sending Emmanuel, the Savior of the world. So now God's not just off in some, in some heaven that we can't see or fully understand. He's now sent His Son, His one and only Son, Jesus, to be God with us. That's good stuff, folks. When we think we don't have it, the answer, when we don't think we know the way, when we don't understand our purpose and meaning, all we have to do is say, you know what? God is with us. We don't have to go through some mediator anymore. We don't have to make some, some crazy sacrifice that makes us look weird and, and crazy. The sacrifice has been made, folks. God with us. He's here with us. He will help us. <laughs> Jesus has come to earth to be Emmanuel. That was God's purpose. That was God's plans. And that is the great news of Christmas. You see, love is real. God's love reaches through generation. God's love reaches through our chaos and our mess. And God's love has purpose and meaning. But here's the thing this morning. God's love requires a response. God's love requires a response. So as we close today, as we come to the end of another Christmas Sunday, you may have already been sitting there thinking, you know what, I hope he hurries up because i got a lot to do today. I hope he doesn't go long today because I set the oven for 11.45 and I just don't want that meatloaf to be burned. Man, now I'm making you think about food, right? Maybe you're thinking about Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday's not going to be an easy day for you. Maybe you have a hard time this time of year. And you worry sometimes and you get afraid and you get scared because you don't know the answer. You don't know the purpose and the meaning of why you're still dealing with your chaos and your mess. Real love. God's love. 
Real love looks beyond the circumstances. And it begins to act. Real love will not sit and dwell in the circumstances. Real love will not let the circumstances overcome itself. Real love begins to act. See, that action is what we're driven to. It's what we're driven to do. We are, we are given a, an opportunity to respond. You see, real love is a choice. It's a choice to respond. And so we can sit here and we can think about all the different things that we have going on this time of year. We can think about the, the parties and the gifts and, 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 and the services and, and everything that goes on. We can think about the, the hardships and the, and the loneliness and the, and the heartache and the broken hearts that we have sometimes. Or we can choose to respond. We can choose to respond because God responded to us already. And now real love is looking at us and saying, I can look beyond your circumstances, BJ. I can look beyond your calendar. I can look beyond how busy you are. And I want you to respond to the purpose and the meaning that I have for you this Christmas. And he says the same thing to each and every one of us. So real love for you and I today is a choice to respond. So this morning, Christmas Sunday, 2019, you're presented with some facts. Fact number one, God loves you. God loves you so much that he knows that on your own, you will continue to live in the chaos and the mess that you call life. But God also knows that there's times when we're the messiest of them all. That we're probably the reason that we're in a chaos, a chaotic moment and a mess in our own life. And God loves us enough to give us a lifeline through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was born in a messy time, in a chaotic time in the history of the world. And Jesus was given a name that was not a family name but it was a name that had a world-changing purpose. Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. I don't know. Maybe you're sitting there today and you've never been saved. You didn't even realize you needed to be saved. You thought this was normal. Chaos and mess is normal. Everybody's going through it. Yeah, we are, but the difference is some of us know what the purpose and meaning of it is. Maybe you need saved today. Maybe you need your sins forgiven. Maybe you need to respond to God's love for you today. So how will you respond to God's love this Christmas? Would you stand with me this morning?
can't keep it to myself. I can't stand here and be still. I will tell everybody, the whole world, until the whole world is healed. King of kings, Lord of lords, all the things he has in store. From the rich to the poor, all are welcome through the door. You won't ever be the same when you call on Jesus' name. I know God is alive. He has opened up my vision. This ain't about a dead religion. All the captives are forgiven. Should you bow your heads and close your eyes? You've been presented with a gift today. The gift of God's love for you. And here's the reality of that gift today. You get to choose how you're going to judge that package. You may judge that package based on the life you've lived. And you may be saying here, Pastor BJ, there's no way that God would forgive me. He doesn't, you don't know the things I've done. You don't know the way I've lived. The package on my life is messed up, and it's worse than a, a bag of grocery bags. It's, it's, it's trash bags, piled on trash bags. You don't understand, Pastor BJ. I may not understand. But God still has a gift for you. And His gift for you is forgiveness of your past. Forgiveness of your sins. Because He sent His Son, Jesus, to this earth on Christmas to save His people from their sins. So today, you get a chance to respond. Will you just let that gift sit there? Or will you open that gift and receive it this year? I just want to ask you, with, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you haven't responded in love to God's gift to you. And you'd like to today. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand if you want to accept God's gift of salvation today? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God loves you. He will forgive you of your sins if you call out and ask Him to. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, You are so good to us. I thank You for the gift that You've given us this Christmas. To be reminded that in the chaos and the mess of our life, that You love us. In the chaos and the mess of our life, that You will give us purpose and meaning. But in the chaos and the mess of our life, when you give us that purpose and meaning, we've got to respond to you. And I pray, Lord, that not just those that have raised their hand, but every one of us today can respond to your gift in love. That we can say yes to you and we can begin to trust you with our lives. And God, for every person that raised their hands today, I, I pray for them today. I pray, Lord, that they would confess to you. They would tell you what they've done wrong and that they would say they're sorry. And that they would ask you, God, to forgive them of their sins. But God, that it doesn't just, it doesn't just end there. But as we're forgiven, you, you want to help us. And I pray, God, that for every person here today, that if they need help, 
They need help walking this life with you. That you would help us to help them. And together, God, we will connect and engage with one another, but most importantly, we will engage in a loving relationship with you in response to your loving gift to us. May you go with us from this place. May we be focused on the real reason we celebrate this year. And we will be thankful for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. There's a gift for you as you leave. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock.